your source for all things Texas Tech. This is the Ask Level Podcast from Double T 97.3. Hey, what's going on? Welcome into another episode of the Ask Level Podcast, episode numero 44. Getting on up there. Chris Level and myself, Choice Woodman, joining you after a, uh, a busy week in the world of college athletics. Level, what's happening, man? A lot. That's <laughs> <laughs> putting it yeah. I um obviously by the time you're you're listening to to this uh, a lot has gone on and changed the college athletics landscape um you know essentially in a span of I guess technically when you boil it down in a span of about 6 hours when official announcements were made uh that there essentially was no more power 5 anymore uh, yeah. there's only a power 4 and uh, the Big 12's, you know, kind of face changes dramatically. And Texas Tech is now in a giant 16-team uh, league, just like that, which is wow. kind of the way a lot of this pointed. Uh, but you just weren't sure, but as we all saw, you just weren't sure what was ultimately going to happen. Um, and I think that obviously the Pac-12 the Pac uh, with their media rights deal, that was the first domino or lack thereof that needed to kind of happen and fall. And then once uh, everybody got familiar with what that was, or in this case wasn't, uh, then things would, would, would change. And, you know, I don't know what to think if you're SMU or San Diego state uh, or UConn or Gonzaga, you know, or anything like that, because I think they were kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe potentially hoping that, uh, that there was a spot for them at the table, but uh, the way this thing is structured now, it doesn't appear so at least yet. Yeah. It's the, just the timeline of everything was pretty wild. Uh, first, obviously kind of going back through it, Colorado makes the first move a couple of Fridays ago or Thursday, and then gets announced on a Friday. Um, they didn't even need to see the media deal because apparently they knew what was coming uh, then about a full week later, we get all the news of of the uh, the meeting of the Pac-12. The the deal itself was not any better than than what had been rumored. Uh, then Arizona Board of Regents meets. Sounds like on Thursday night that they're going to be a Big Twelve member. And then for an hour or an hour and a half there. Someone in the in the Washington and Oregon camps leak to the media. Oh, hey, wait, wait up! We might go to the Pac-12, or we might Big go team. ahead. And, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, they initially they they say, oh might stay put. Yeah, stay yeah. put. I, yeah, I said that wrong. But yeah. we may we may stay put, and then that all dissipates. And apparently, Washington and Oregon played their self themselves into a better deal with the Big Ten, and just a wild you know, 24 hours or so there and Thursday and Friday. And ultimately it ends up with no more PAC 12 and a lot more big 12 schools to familiarize ourselves with. And this is all going down in, in 2024 too. So. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Um, because this is really the first time I think that uh, in, in some of these instances, there was really not much, you know, you you didn't have to pay an exit fee. Yeah. You you didn't have to really do anything along those lines. You didn't have to attempt to break a, a grant of rights uh, because there wasn't one. Uh, and I, I think Colorado's uh, leadership really kind of told you 
what was coming with with the the, the Pac-12 uh, based on you know whenever they finally did announce say we're going to the Big Big 12 and and then they kind of come out and, and have this press conference uh, a, a week ago or so and I, I think there was a lot of we want to be on ESPN and Fox. It is important for our brand and mm-hmm. and to grow our institution, you know, with with linear uh, television. And right. and I think they were kind of telling you what the case was for the Pac-12. But until we knew, we just didn't ultimately know. And it turns out, you know, basically every bit of of what the Pac-12's deal was was streaming and on Apple and you know incentive based and just kind of you know they they just they they have fumbled this for years um i think their leadership multiple different leaders and i think some of their you know the 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 folks that 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 commissioner whether it be larry scott or george klevkov report to just kind of fumbled it and were short-sighted but uh Mm -hmm. it, it ultimately uh it ultimately cost them uh and i and i you know here we sit but you know, whenever you look at the hand that Brett Yormark was dealt when he took over, it's just uh, it's hard to envision any other scenario to where he could have done any better. Yeah, Re- realistically, you know, yeah. I, I think yeah, you you could have said, well, maybe you, he could have made Texas and Oklahoma stay and gotten Nebraska back and all that stuff. Well, that none of that's realistic, but realistically. You know, he, he again with the hand that he was dealt, because I don't think this league is as good as it would have been had Oklahoma and Texas stayed. And then you can go on with Nebraska and Missouri and, you know, and AM and on and on. It's not like the old Big 12, which which was really probably the best league uh, for, for, for Texas Tech. But considering what you had to work with and mm-hmm. considering the landscape you were playing in. I, I think that the Big 12 was a huge winner, you know, in, in, in all of this. And I think that travel was a big winner in all of this. I mean, yeah. you, you are, you know, it all fits together fairly nicely. I think, you know, uh, Brett Yormark kind of got his, I, I don't want to say national, but I think that you can now play games with the addition of the Arizona schools in Colorado and Utah. You can theoretically fill up inventory from 11 a.m. to a Saturday until 9 p.m. at night, or you can play on a Thursday or Friday, whatever you want to do, but you, you can legitimately have start times that really fill up, yep. you know, all kinds of TV windows. And that's what, that's what the ESPN and Foxes want. And as we know, those late night windows are, are valuable. Yep. So anyway, I, I, I was, uh, and I don't want to come off and I don't know how you felt choice, but I don't want to come off as like, I was just like doing fist pumps or anything <laughs> because it's weird, you know, but I, I do think now you remain relevant. You're, you're in a meaningful league. You're not going to be anywhere near the richest league or anything like that, but now you are, you're relevant and you kind of, you have a seat at the table and there, it wasn't just, but a couple of years ago where you were just hoping, please don't put me in a league with like Mex- New Mexico or, you know Nevada or or yeah. whatever you know American Athletic or Mountain West kind of concoction was going to get cobbled together once uh, uh, potentially the the Big Twelve was going to fall apart, but that's not what happened. And I think you're you're pretty you're pretty set. And now it's up to Brett Yormark to kind of grow it and make this collection of sixteen schools as valuable as he can. You know, it is it is kind of ironic the the turning of the tables because we sat here a couple of years ago. 
And the Pac-12 could have done exactly what Brett Yormark did. Mm-hmm. They could have, because there's a decent, a really decent chance if they would have asked Oklahoma State, if they would have asked Texas Tech and a couple of others to come out West and play in the Pac-12 at that time with no stability in the Big 12, you're probably getting four yeses there. And you're probably dissolving the Big 12 as we know it at that point. Instead, two years later, it, it's flipped on its head. The Big 12 does that along with the help of the Big 10. And then there's no more Pac-12. So uh, it's it's weird because uh, I've seen a lot of negative comments. And, and I want to get your take, too, in terms of just how this isn't necessarily good for college athletics. Everybody's chasing the almighty dollar. We're seeing these rivalries go away. But I guess I've been kind of desynthesized to it because this has been going on for more than 10 years now where it is all about money. When you saw that first round of that first wave back in 2012 where the the Big 12 schools left, it's no different than then. The difference is (laughs) geography has kind of gone out the window. And like you said, the Big 12 has four different time zones represented which is crazy um but it's how do you feel about that is it is it sad is it kind of like a sad day for you to to see all these rivalries continue to to go away or is it just par for the course of what it's been yeah you know i i do think uh i, I do think there's a, a sentimentality to it for sure i do yeah. think that there's some things that that have that have changed that won't be for the best from the fans standpoint uh i don't like it as a fan that tech won't play certain schools anymore i think that's kind of what mm-hmm. was fun about this deal i think that we've been uh conditioned to root for revenue and 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 some of these different things that really matter not to the general fan uh, and so I certainly get that. I hope that some rivalries can be born. Some rivalries can be, you know, I don't know, the right word is renewed. Yeah. But uh, th- there's a care factor. And 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 you're right. I mean, there's going to be some things that people haven't, like, thought about a lot. And then they're going to watch it kind of play out and go, well, this this isn't ideal or this, this sucks. Uh, because you're kind of on the cusp of um, – you know, college football being kind of this NFL model. Yeah. Uh, the college athletics from a football standpoint was always very regional. It was always, you know, you want to be able to see your team, maybe play an occasional road game and, and you, you know, you, you mix it up with uh, opposing fan bases. I and mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think any of us know any of Utah grads or Arizona or Arizona state grads or Colorado grads or anything like that. We know plenty of Aggies and Longhorns and, you know, yeah. uh, think things of that sort. And, and so, and, and I, I mean, you're already kind of seeing it. Cause I, I do think like when you go back to the big 10, they're the ones that ultimately kind of whether Colorado did it or, or whether, you know, George Klyovkov did it, you know, the, the ultimate final nail was, was administered by the big 10 extending offers by the uh to Oregon and Washington and I think there was a lot of regret there in some ways or kind of like a lot of um a pause just because they, they look this is not a league that needs those schools at the end of the day their money is not going to change if anything it may drop a little bit this is a- asset acquisition mm-hmm. and now you're starting to see a lot of you mean we have to fly I mean look, look at the map 
you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in front of a computer or when you get to, you know, where you are, if you're listening to us in the car, whatever it may be, Google, Google just big 10 map now or something like that. You'll see And it's because I've already seen some Michigan, you know, leadership basically saying our teams can fly commercial quicker to get to London, England than they can to (laughs) Eugene, Oregon or Seattle, Washington. So I saw one too, uh, UCLA's travel miles in 2024 playing in the big 10 because they have a road trip to Hawaii, I think to start the season. And then they have, they have a road trip to Rutgers. Um, UCLA level is going to travel over 21,000 miles, 21,000 miles in 2024. I'm like, man, that's crazy. So out of comparison, I'm like, okay, I'm curious what ours is going to be like this year. Cause we've got road trips to BYU and, and Wyoming and West Virginia in comparison this is one of the more traveled years that we'll have at Texas Tech in a while. We're only going like 7,500 miles. <laughs> so UCLA people are going to travel three times that amount. And that's going to be kind of normal. The football is not what's crazy about this. It's it's when you get into Wednesday yeah. night volleyball games and, <laughs> and the the basketball travel and, and the, the the smaller sports is what what's going to make these schedules really crazy and really difficult to navigate. But again, the the money's there. They they don't seem to care that much. I don't know what I, I'm curious what the regret level will be like five or ten years down the road now from now. Yeah, you, you know, and maybe there will come a time. I don't know if we're there yet or if it's even on the horizon, but there may come a time where you know, football just breaks apart and does its own thing. Sure. And then all the other sports can kind of do their own thing and get back to some of this regionality. But I mean, we're, we're talking pie in the sky scenarios just because yeah, we are. <clears throat> the, the, the TV folks have this thing locked under contract and they own, they own all the sports and all the rights and all the television and, and everything like that. And so, but yeah, I, I, you know, to circle back, I do see some, sentimentality in the, in the whole thing yep. but this is this is the landscape and and a lot of it does suck i mean a lot of it i think uh you know that was that was i ultimately rooting for the demise of the pac-12 no but what i was rooting for was the the success of the big 12 and unfortunately you couldn't have both so i think it that's what it took i was ultimately rooting for the big 12 to succeed because i we're all gonna localize this and 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 do what's best for us per se yeah and and guess what you and i are are broadcasters or or alumni or mm-hmm. you know fans or whatever our interest was in texas tech and so i was most concerned about that and i hate that the the pac-12 had to sink and i i'm i it, it really sucks if you're you know yeah. washington state or oregon state or cal or stanford but i think the you know this was uh, cuz there's now I mean, many years ago in the 90s, people thought four team, you know, excuse me, four conferences, and it would be kind of like super conferences type stuff. I don't know if we're, we could call what's left super conferences per se. I think most people would say that, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC are, are, would qualify as that. But th- there's 64 teams in these four leagues, and those four Pac-12 schools are just out. And yeah. I don't really know. And then you get into big picture conversations about how the college football playoff will now be, you know, decided that there was six automatic bids and that was the, 
the five power five leagues and then it was the the one group of five bid that was the highest ranked and then the, the next six highest ranked teams and so I don't know if the Big 12 is going to have a tough time getting an automatic bid to the playoff, but some of that's going to get adjusted and the money will be adjusted. And that's going to be interesting to watch. But those are mm-hmm. things that will now play out because of what has happened in the last, uh, you know, 24, 48, 72 hours. So what does happen level with the name of the Pac-12? What do you predict? Uh, do they try the, to The save? Pac-12? Yeah. Do you think they yeah. try to keep the name and, and merge with the mountain west or or what well, goes on there i i'd be willing to bet that the pac-12 in name is done uh okay. i think that when you think about the economics of this you, you know if you have to get out of the mountain west to join the pac-12 there's exit fees whereas if you are pac-12 schools you can just be absorbed by the mountain west or the american athletic or whatever it may be right and you can just join those leagues and you don't have to, you know, do anything financially. And uh, I, I do think that I, I don't envision like, say, for example, Stanford joining one of those leagues. I think they'll probably pursue independence uh, just because, <laughs> you know, and, and, and think about it in these terms. You you went from not knowing, look, we knew the Big 12 was going to be OK. Maybe it wasn't going to be as, as it OK as it is now on paper. But you knew who you were going to play in football next year for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, all, all the things. If you're Washington State or Oregon State or Cal or wow. Stanford, you literally have no idea true. who any of your programs have on their schedule uh, in, in next summer. I mean, you, you don't know what your budget for your athletic department is going to be. You don't know anything. Uh, yeah. And so I'm guessing that some of that stuff will have to play because they have no choice. It's going to play out rather quickly. And, and and what does that look like? Uh, I, I don't really know, but I don't I don't envision any sort of uh, Pac-12, you know, still being alive. Um, and, and you know, and it's things like the Rose Bowl, which I did appreciate as a kid, the granddaddy of them all, and all that. Well, that that is gone now. That is not, it, it, you know, it, it, I guess last year was the last time that you'll ever see kind of the Big Ten Pac-12 champ kind of ultimately do its thing. So anymore. who gets the Rose Bowl? Well, I, I go to the I'm Big sure Twelve. I'm sure it's just going to become a part of of whatever college football playoff, you know, host uh, in a, on a permanent basis. But as far as the actual bowl game, I mean, heck, man, wouldn't even think about it. I don't know now who the Big Twelve has tie-ins with bowl games anymore because a lot of those were filtered True. through the Pac-12 conference. So are other leagues. So yeah. a lot, a lot has changed. A lot still needs to be figured out. Uh, figured out and. It's just kind of wild to process, but there's going to be a, you know, a lot of different things, and we're only talking about really the football aspect. But the big winners here and the whole deal were like for Big Twelve fans was was the league being sustainable. You're absolutely sustainable now. Yeah, and I think the the basketball component actually got better. Crazy to even uh, think it could get better, but it, yeah, it did. It, absolutely, it did. And. So, Oh, uh, I think uh, th- those are the kind of the big winners uh, yeah. if you want to, you know, quote unquote, localize it. So, okay. A couple more on this and then we'll, we'll look at tech football for a moment before we wrap up. Um, there's been reports that Stanford and some of the others have reached out to the big 12 for talks with Brett Yormark and that sort of thing. There can't be any expectation that anything will come of that. Right. I think there was a, the, there, there was a report out that I think, because I think that there's a major shift happening. 
Mm-hmm. I would pay attention to Florida State in the coming weeks. Right. Uh, I think I, I would pay attention to what's going on with these Pac-12 schools. I'm still not ready to put to bed the you know the the Gonzaga the UConn uh, scenarios for basketball only. Okay. I think there's even some suggestion that your mark has been cleared to even still expand if it made sense. But I, I think everybody may hit, hit a semi pause. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, right now because I don't know if there's anything out there left for you to add of of true value. Yeah, uh, I think if you could am- amend the contract and maybe the TV folks were to go, hey, if you do this, then I think that they would go, okay, do it. Uh, and that's because ultimately, ultimately, it's Fox that had to allow the Big Ten to to you know add Oregon and, and Washington. You know, right. they, they're the ones that called the shot. Ultimately, not the Big Ten. Uh, I think the Big Ten had just heard for a year. You know, there's no money. There's no extra money. The SEC has heard. Hey, we're we're just going to play eight conference games because we, you know, ESPN. We don't want to pay you for a ninth league game and yeah. that extra inventory. So the SEC was like, "Well, if you're not going to pay us for it, then we're not going to do it." So the the TV folks will ultimately call that shot. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't totally put a lot of this to bed. I don't, however, view any one of the four Pac-12 schools as a, you know, I, I don't see that. I don't envision that happening as far as the Big 12 Conference goes. No, I, I just think they're just kind of stuck. I mean, yeah, I don't think the Big Ten and those are the only two leagues of the of the four. Uh, I mean, I, and I don't envision like the ACC doing this merger thing, which has long since been talked about. It wouldn't make any sense now for the no ACC. No. That, that again, it's it's just uh, they're they're just you know opposite ends of the U.S. So you know. It, it sucks, man. Uh, it does. If, if you're if you're one of those without a chair to sit in, because uh, they were this was all a musical chairs game, and some were left without a seat. Yeah, one more local angle. I mean, it affects your immediate. I mean, your your future. It's not immediate, but your future scheduling football wise, because now Oregon becomes a Big Ten opponent for next season uh, when you travel to Eugene and Oregon State twice on your schedule. We don't know what conference they're going to be in but they following next year you've got you got back-to-back years with, against Oregon State so um it it's going to be weird to just see how everything shakes out the bowl tie-ins like you mentioned but there's still so much uh, so many questions left out there but we we know the basics it, it seems like that's where we're at at the moment yeah and you know and I as I was uh processing everything last week before it ultimately all kind of played out you know you you had to think about like if you're if you're the head coach at one of these Pac-12 schools and all this is being played out in the media it would have been difficult to recruit Mm -hmm. or 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 to hold on to recruit because like coach man what league are we going to be in who are we going to play um are my parents going to get to see me play I don't know um and and now if you're one of those four without you know a spot it would be extremely difficult to kind of keep things together mm-hmm. and Oregon State is a preseason top 15 team yeah they're they're, they're going to be preseason top 15 or top 20 I mean they're, they're expected to be very very good and I don't know it's just there's so many trickle down effects that you know it just depends on how you look at it and we were just kind of looking at it from a, a conference standpoint in the big picture but you know if you're if you're coaching the you know, the, the Washington state program. And you're thinking like, you know, 
And if, if, if you're the marketing guy there, like, man, how are we going to sell season tickets next year? We don't, we don't have any idea what's, what a home schedule looks like. Yeah. And there's no built in anything. I mean, I did, I did appreciate Oregon and Washington both saying we're still going to play our in-state brethren. I think that, that I respect that. I appreciate that. I think that's uh that that's the right thing to do, but not yeah. everybody has tried to do the right thing either. Yeah. Uh, our first question from the audience comes from Leah says, are the tech coaches excited about this new big 12? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I, I think it depends on what sport, if you really want to get, you know, big time excitement or, or whatever, but I, I think they're going to come at it from the standpoint of, well, our, our, our league is, is now solid. Yeah. Uh, we're not, you know, I'm not having to deal with some of these issues that maybe we were just sitting there talking about with some of these other coaches are having to deal with whatever, regardless of sport. And I think that, again, how does it affect us or you or whatever? And I, I think that nobody was wanting to sign up for lengthy road trips, especially if you're coaching one of these Olympic sports and, you know, the, the travel and just the, the dynamics would have just made the job ultimately a bit more difficult. And I think they've, they've largely avoided a lot of that because if you look at the big 12 map, I mean, Texas tech and TCU and Baylor and, and Oklahoma state are really just right in the dead center of the league. And yeah, yeah. there's going to be still a trip to Morgantown or Cincinnati or central Florida, or, you know, one of the Utah's, but these, these are palatable. These are, these are two or three hour flights at the most. And you're not going to have to do that you know, regularly, like right. at every, every, you know, trip occurrence, like Washington, I mean, like West Virginia, they've complained about that privately or publicly for, for 10 years, you know, cause every trip they were taking was a, was the, you know, a long trip. I mean, Lubbock was one of the, you know, shorter ones for them, depending yeah. on where they were going. And so uh, I, I think that the, you, you'll hear a lot of positivity from a lot of the coaches and it, and it ultimately it means their budgets are going to be, fine they're not gonna have to cut uh True. what they do how they travel how they're recruiting but you know all those kinds of things so uh because you all look at it from how it affects you personally and and i would say that uh, i think you'll see a lot of thumbs up from the from the folks on, on campus at tech uh, i got a few more questions we'll get to those in a moment did want to talk uh because overshadowed by all of this realignment stuff fall camp started for everybody started up for everybody on friday uh coaches met with the local media on Thursday, is there anything that stood out from media days, players, coaches wise, anything Coach McGuire said that, that stood out to you? Well, I mean, you know, a couple of bullet points. I think obviously he he is willing to tell you, hey, man, we're, we're this much stronger and faster as a team. Most, yeah. A lot of coaches will end up saying that. I think that he had a lot of data and numbers to back it up, you know, on <clears throat> bench press and squats and jerk cleans i think is that right choice jerk cleans, we were, i think you, know, so. you, you, you me and john yeah. harris were talking about that together G um, gps times too with the, the speed. yes gps times which is yeah. which is data uh, i think um i think the bryce ramirez news was not something i was necessarily expecting i don't know yeah. exactly what that looks like if he's just cleared for takeoff and and just right there in the mix and can do everything else that everybody can do but either way what an unbelievable story sure because yeah. it you're you're I don't know about 11 to 11 and a half months removed from when people were kind of worried, okay, is this kid even going to be able to walk anymore yeah. with this nerve damage and this and that. And then you're telling me that like, he's, you know, ready to play by the next season. I mean, kudos to the, the tech, you know, the, the trainers and the, the, the medical professionals that really have, and, and credit to Bryce Ramirez more, more importantly, 
Because, I mean, I think uh, Joey would tell you that hey, the, the loudest voices in our locker room are Tyler Shuck and Bryce Ramirez. Mm-hmm. And that is one heck of a statement when you have as many old guys yeah. on this team as they do. And guys like Bradford and Hutchings that have been around here for a long time. And guys like Rabbit and and, and all those guys. So uh, for Bryce Ramirez to have that much respect internally says a lot about who he is. But uh, and, and then I think uh, I think the main takeaway, though, was. You know, eh, we were under the radar last year. whoop de doo Like, expectations are high now. Get yeah. used to it. It's not changing. Like, embrace it. Um, you know, I, I wrote something on, uh, like, during Big 12 Media Days. It's like, you know, a lot of times, you know, in that movie scene, you're in the tunnel and you see the light at the end. And and you see, maybe it's like the movie The Fugitive or something a long time ago. And you turn around, it's like you run away from the light. Like, I gotta get out of here. I'm about to get run over. And it's as if Joey and his team, or he's got his team, they're running right toward that bright light, right. you know, yeah. and 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 basically giving it a big hug and uh, ready for the collision. And so that's that's the mindset that I think he's trying to to change. Yeah, I, I, he, they have definitely embraced uh, the idea of he, he, the hunted and hunter type of conversation came up a little bit, and he said we're not we're not the hunted yet, but. Definitely embracing high expectations. Want to, um, he'd rather be where there are expectations than not have any at all. And yeah, it it's uh, it's making for what should be an exciting fall, uh, no doubt. But they start up camp this week, and some things will shake out. Any position battles we're watching going specifically into camp camp for you? You really have to get into the weeds on some of this stuff yeah. uh, just because I, I don't, you know, Joey will tell you, hey, look, we don't have any starters set. But, you know, we, we know that, that there's a lot of things that are, you know, yeah. in, in dark pencil, maybe, maybe even pen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you return 18 of 21 starters from last year or yeah, main your main starters from last year. So a lot of it is somewhat decided going into camp. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Look, I'm interested in Gino Garcia, kicker. I don't think he's, like, worried about his spot or anything. I just want to see how he performs. I think he's, uh, you know, yeah. he's the kicker. Uh, I, th- I think your inside backers, we've talked about that um, a lot of the offseason. Uh, I think Josiah Pierre and Jacob Rodriguez are kind of the the, the guys that will get the first shot there. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have thought that maybe Ty Buchanan could have made things interesting at one of the tackle spots, but he's going to be out for – two to four weeks, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I think so that kind of takes that off the table. Uh, you know, I mean, I think you're, you're trying to figure out, you know, who, who else behind say Taj Brooks and Cameron Valdez can step up at running back and maybe get some carries. Uh, I think uh, whether that's Nehemiah Martinez, whether that is Anquan Willis, whether that is Bryson Donnell, uh, you know, you'll, you'll need a third uh, ball carrier. I think back there behind those two, I think those, those first two are, are mostly solidified. Uh, you know, does Dre McCray end up pushing his way into the starting lineup, if you will? Because I don't really even – it's like, I, I guess on paper, you know, Loic, Jerron Bradley, and Miles Price are your three starting wide receivers. But I, I look at Dre McCray, every bit of the starter as they, those guys are based on what he can do sure. that those other three can't. And so, you know, you can you can talk yourself into a variety of different things, but it, it, these are really like depth – conversations as much as like starters which is really why i think people need to understand on paper you know you're 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 pretty good uh you you don't have a lot of 
questions when you're trying to figure out like who's your third running back uh, who's going to be one of your top backup dbs or who who is behind you know jacob rodriguez and uh, uh and josiah pierre at inside backer who you know and and, and you know and i i would say that you know offensive line depth just in general you know i think uh, that is worth worth watching but these are not anything that's going to like decide whether you win a game or not necessarily uh but yeah, we'll, we'll all watch it, but it, it's, I've never really had a year like this. This is a bit different yeah. than what we're used to. It definitely feels different heading into it. Uh, a couple more questions from the audience. Uh, this one was a leftover one from last week from Matt. We didn't get to it. Who needs to be the best newcomer for the football team? Not who will be or who is or who needs to be. Yeah, I, I think one of the, the, the things that Joey really hit on when camp opened up was he really spoke about how important it is to be, you know, better and really good. If you want to win at a high level, like win the league or even go further is, is how good you need to be in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's either rusty stats or Steve Linton. Yeah. They are newcomers. Uh, they are, I think uh, have all, you know, received heavy, heavy praise. And I think rightfully so, Uh, I think. uh, And so those two, and I guess I would say, if you really want to pin me down, I would probably say Steve Linton needs to be. I mean, you need, because if he, look, at the end of the day, Rusty, if he's solid, you're going to be fine. But Mm -hmm. I I don't know if if like getting to where you want to go you can get there if somebody like Linton, uh, which again, maybe somebody else fills that role, but he needs to, to not just be solid. He needs to be, you know, I mean, I, I think you've seen the, you know, coach Blanchard and coach McGuire, they, they talk about him as like a, a draft pick, a high end draft pick kind yeah. of, if, if, if they do what he thinks. And then I right. see, I think I saw Dane Brugler of the athletic, I think is who he still works for or somebody. Yeah. He's a well-respected draft analyst and he had, he had Steve Linton coming into this season as a top 10 edge guy, just yeah. in a positional ranking. And I think that, that, that tells you what, what a lot of people in and outside the building think about what he can do, but he's just got to go do it. Uh, because if he, if he ends the season with five sacks, I just don't know if you ultimately can achieve some of your goals, but if he ends the season with maybe 11 or 12 and sure. he's disruptive and, you know, then I think you could be cooking with gas there a little bit. You know what? This is an off-the-cuff question, but someone asked it on our show uh, this week. Would you rather have Steve Linton 12 sacks or Tyler Shuck account for 40 touchdowns this year? Tyler Shuck, without a doubt. Yeah, that's what I You haven't had a quarterback account for 40 touchdowns in quite some time. So yeah, that, that one's easy. It means he's healthy the whole time. Well, but it also but that that's a that's a really easy question to answer from the standpoint of I, you, you could, you could get three sacks and a loss, but if you're telling me 40 touchdowns, I mean, that though, though, every time you score a touchdown, I mean, those are points. And yeah. so these are points on the scoreboard. A sack could just be in the scheme of things, meaningless. It may not, it may not factor in to change the game, win you a game or whatever, but touchdowns do. And so I would say that, you know, it, it also, to your point, it suggests that Tyler Shuck would be healthy and productive all season long, which I, I'd like to see that. And I, I want to see Barron, uh, in camp as well, I think that sure. he's gotten high praise, but I think we want to see a quarterback kind of get in a rhythm and get healthy yeah. and, and kind of, you know, maneuver his way through a season. Uh, last question. We'll wrap 
Scott asks, will the conference, the Big 12, have a name change? I think it's very possible. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that Brett Yormark will consult. Uh, I think that that's probably already a lot of that has gone on. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's ultimately uh, a name change, but if it is, it could it'd be completely rebranding, mm-hmm. um, you know, of, of what you are based on, because I think this group of 16 would like to kind of grow old together. Yeah. You're certainly going to be in, in, you know, in the same league for the next, what, five years with this current media deal that you're in. And I don't know if there's an option here for year six or whatever, but I, I, I do think it's possible. I mean, it, it's it's kind of funny that, the Big 12 will have 16. The Big 10 will have 18. Uh, you know, the it was probably smarter the ACC and the SEC back in the day just to kind of go with a, a direction or kind of a, a geographic word. Which can't really that. do that in the Big 12 either right now. You, no, you can't. Um, you know, unless and – and if you changed it, I don't know. You, you, I don't think you want to do the Big 16. I don't – maybe that's what they would do. I don't, I don't really know what you would uh, – do but I wouldn't be surprised if there was a you know and and, and folks that are smarter than Brett Yormark will tell him you know they'll attach a value to that if you rebrand if you change the name it could potentially be worth more money to you sure. in that in that sense and I, if, if that's the case and guess what he's gonna, gonna he's gonna change yeah. the name yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right no doubt level we've already run out of time and football season is is here it's been a wild one we'll uh we'll do it again Okay. Yeah. And, and if you change the day, man, we get a lot of logos and a lot of shirts and fields and That's courts. True. It would be costly to change it to at least your logo. And, yeah. yeah. But that, you know, we'll, we shall see, but That's man, true. enjoyed it. Uh, we are back in, in August and uh, we'll be rolling, I guess, from here on out. So yes, sir. Keep hope alive, everybody. Absolutely. That's Chris Level. I'm Choice Woodman. You've been tuned into the Ask Level podcast brought to you by Double T 97.3. You've been listening to the Ask Level Podcast, powered by Double T 97.3.